0: Hello and welcome to the review podcast. I'm Bentley and I'm Samuel. And I messed it up already because yeah, we're out of practice. We've been out of practice, <laughs> so we haven't
1: done this for a while. We're it's... back after COVID. We're back post COVID. Uh, my father and I did try and do a a virtual podcast with one another, including my brother on that one. You guys might have seen that episode go up a, almost about a year ago now, just over probably. Yes. Yes. Um, but. Well, I'll be honest, it's it's not the same. Being in the room is is frankly really key and, and that's part of what we've been learning, I think, from COVID is, you know, I'm really happy that we have all these tools to stay in touch with each other, be face to face, but there's a difference between having your face on a screen and seeing someone else's face on a screen and being in the same room talking at the pace that humans
0: talk at. So and, and picking up all of the in real life visual cues from body language and stuff right so our family literally had a family game night every thursday night through yeah. covid but last night we were able to play cards against humanity in person in person and, and it's, it's different it's, it's better it's much funnier <laughs> it's it's i
1: think uh all this technology had served a lovely purpose but now i'm glad to be back in person my father is down here in columbus this is the second time mm-hmm. since uh We have been uh, vaccinated. vaccinated. We've seen each other. Mm -hmm. We both have been vaccinated. I will say
0: there were times during the 13 months of lockdown where I thought, you know, we're missing an opportunity. And all these other people rushed to uh, increase their podcasts, start their podcasts. There was all the streaming stuff that was going on. And we were watching that very closely. But we just made a conscious decision to not podcast in the middle of all of that rush. And actually, now in May 2021, I feel very good about that decision. Yeah, I mean, our we've we've had a chance to kind of get perspective
1: yeah. and and figure out what it is that we want to do with the review podcast. Because five years ago, when we started this thing, five years ago, you know, it it was always fun. It's always been fun, but it's always also been kind of shapeless and formless, and and kind of following the dictates more of what we wanted to watch rather than maybe necessarily kind of the grand thesis statement, I feel like, which I think
0: was revisiting things, you know? Yeah, I'd I'd still like to do that, and I think there's more value in that than ever because, again, we've had this rush to all the streaming services. New streaming services are starting up, it seems like, every other month, and yet after Thirteen months of COVID, people have watched a whole bunch of stuff that they wanted to watch. That was the thing of the moment. I never watched Tiger King. I saw that come and go. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Like six months later, no one's talking about Tiger King. Nobody cares because it's just the flavor of the month. And what we try to talk about on the review podcast is what does last.
1: Yes. Right. What, what's, what's important honest. enough? Yeah. Right? Or what can be discarded and potentially frees up, you know, a space for something else. Right. You know? we don't give thumbs up to everything we watch and we don't give thumbs down to everything we watch. We're trying to trying to curate. That's what we really yes. value mm-hmm. is a curated experience because mm-hmm. all these streaming services, for all their good parts, for all their ease of use, they're just pushing content into your eyeballs. They don't care what you watch just so long <laughs> right. as you keep watching. Correct. We are here trying to foster some sort of, uh, I, I don't even know if community is the right word. Maybe community, but mm. they're trying to foster an experience. You come to us because you want to hear what Samuel and Bentley have to think, because you like our perspective. Maybe you disagree with us, but you still find us funny and engaging or can follow our points. I mean, I listen to uh, plenty of movie podcasts, and I certainly don't agree with all of them, um, but I appreciate their perspective. Um, I might be getting a little too highfalutin at this point, but, but uh, I had a point. Oh, so... <laughs> Uh, The only thing that I see that's doing something even close to what we do is, uh, in terms of the streaming services, is HBO Max. Mm. HBO Max has this thing where they get directors to film a little five-minute thing, and they curate a playlist of, like, ten movies, and they're like, hey, here's the stuff that inspired uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Here's the stuff that inspired Zack Snyder's Justice League. If, for some reason, you want to know what goes on inside of Zack Snyder's brain, like, there it is, (laughs) you know? right.
0: Um, So we're not speaking to the Tiger King audience. We're speaking to people who want, who value their time. Yeah. I mean, I've certainly had to kill a lot of time during COVID. And I've watched some stuff that I was just trying to kill time. Yeah. But I also watch things, again, that I hadn't thought about in a long time. And, you know, it's interesting. I think we serve a purpose because we're doing things that, like, I grew up with, like like the the critics at the magazines and newspapers, you know, Siskel and Ebert, they were doing this, but now it's a different generation, it's a different century, we're in a different media environment, and I don't see a lot of people doing what we're doing. They do the flavor of the month, they, they talk about like the latest trailer release for Star Wars, great, but we're not a gossip show. We are saying, hey, you know what? It's been 20 years since Shrek came out. Yeah. What do we think about that? Well, what we think is that
1: whole intro was just prelude to us doing the real intro, which is right now, (laughs) which is, of course, somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. That's it. Ladies and
0: gentlemen. It's Shrek time. 20 years. And the hilarious thing is, at this point, when you tell somebody, hey, we're watching Shrek again, they go, number four or number five? Yeah, like, it's, of course, we can't get even 30
1: seconds into this podcast without addressing the memes. I mean, the memes have drowned this film. Which we talked no about Shrek. with
0: other, Yeah. when we talk about the review podcast, we're trying to hold to the original art form. Because yeah. the memes are everywhere everywhere. From the most popular art forms, and I like the memes too, but it's separate from the actual storytelling. Yes. And the, we try and stay focused on the storytelling.
1: The memes are themselves an art, and we are able to appreciate that and love not, them. not waggle our finger no, no, at young people. Love them not memes. at all. Love the memes. But you can also appreciate the original in its intended form. And boy, you know, spoilers for our own podcast, but
0: watching Shrek twenty years later. I think there's a lot there to like. I also think that, for the most part, the memes don't exist unless the storytelling works. Mm -hmm. Unless people love the story. People have fond memories of Shrek. Right. It's really your generation's uh, Princess Bride. Right, Princess Bride for Ooh, Gen there's X. A take there's something you no, can no, put no. on the side of the cereal box. <laughs> Shrek,
1: Princess Bride for Gen Z and the and the and the millennials. And the millennials. Yeah. So, I don't feel
0: like that's a really hot take. It's I, a, I think it's a great take. You know, the Princess Bride was the anti fairy tale fairy tale. Yeah. For the you know third wave feminists who are all like, look, we don't want the fairy tale anymore. Except we still do. And so, you know, a lot of the stuff that we grew up with in this in the '80s was this nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's still a fairy tale. You know, you watch "Say Anything," it's still a fairy tale, <laughs> and so is "The Princess Bride," and it's beloved. And Shrek performs that for your generation. Yeah, absolutely, folks. He didn't. He
1: didn't let me know he was going to say that before the podcast started. So I'm really, I'm loving this this thesis.
0: Oh, um, well, I have a better take after that. But let's okay. Keep going so, this. but, but. I think Shrek
1: is, is just a, a brilliant film that is, uh, you would think because of the memes and because of its reputation that it would be kind of stuck and paralyzed in 2001, but in right. fact, it feels very breezy. It feels, dare I say, timeless. It really feels like a story about self-acceptance and self-worth, and those are things that young people who watch these films are always going to be struggling
0: with. It's a question of identity. Yeah. They're they're tackling today's issues head on because they're human issues. Yeah. The The, best stories will resonate. Yes.
1: Absolutely. This whole film revolves around self-acceptance, self-love, finding out who you are. Mm -hmm. And we also can't talk about this movie without talking about its relationship with Disney. Because it itself brings this up at multiple points. Well, This is a <laughs> product of a studio of DreamWorks, SKG baby yeah. that could not exist, I feel and I don't mean this to take away from Shrek but it is in dialogue with all of these Disney fairy tales. With these perfect people yeah. and perfect princes and perfect princesses yeah. and even the dwarves are like cute little yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, And Shrek says here is a deeply Ugly protagonist. I mean unpleasant to look at. (laughs) Donkey is a talking pack animal. Like it is not this is this movie exists to thumb
0: its nose at Disney. And it was known right away. I mean people couldn't believe how audacious it was in all of the visual jokes and and everything it was doing to thumb its nose at Disney. And of course, that's that helps it stay relevant today because Disney is more powerful than ever. Yes, it it it's gone from
1: kind of two heavyweight boxers kind of getting into a slug fight to now Dreamworks is this scrappy rebel alliance kind of looking in the rearview mirror barely holding it together. Right. It's And normally most pieces of art I think, that are formed out of spite, out of anger, out of (laughs)
0: defiance, probably don't stand the test of time because anger is a fleeting emotion, people. And so is satire. Yeah. Uh, Most satire is so in the moment Mm -hmm. that it does not survive. It sort of burns up in the fire, right? Uh, It's rare for a piece of satire like Gulliver's Travels to rise to the level of art form that can speak generation after generation after generation. Yeah. So... It was interesting to me to go back to see Shrek because we watched a whole bunch of the sequels. We love Puss in the Woods, yeah, and we were we were there for the whole ride, you yep. know, because we love that anti-Disney <laughs> flavor and the satire. We're cool. satirical people, yeah, and it really holds up. I was happy to see how well it hold, held up. It's really the animation
1: really holds up. They really didn't skimp on on making these. Characters look like they could exist in a space between each other. I mean, this is really the first time that humans are tried in 3D animation on a mass scale. There are humans in the first toy story. Obviously, you've got Sid. Right. But he's pretty much by himself. You don't see any other human face. And his... Like, Sid is rough. You go back and look at Sid. Yeah. He looks basically just like the toys. He's a larger toy. Yes, that's correct. And nobody had... You know, the other stuff was about... Bugs. There was ants and a bug's yeah. life. You yeah, know, it was like like could, anything but humans. Anything but humans. Yeah. And then, I don't, I don't know what special formula they came up with. DreamWorks, maybe just a lot of R and D, a lot of testing, but they, they cracked it. And the humans in here are certainly not where we are today. We've certainly learned lessons. I don't want to imply mm-hmm. that Shrek is, is uh, doesn't have its rough points in animation, but, but by and large, it, it's really
0: held up. Well, basically. what's interesting is how long this was in development. Yeah, yeah, they, I think they saw what happened with Toy Story, uh, they wanted that action, and uh, this thing was like, they started working on it in 96 or something, yeah. Maybe. Well, it, it's plot changed multiple times, at one point Shrek was saving Donkey, Donkey was like the, 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 the MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Chris
1: Farley was, and Shrek. Farley was not Shrek. Mike Myers, right, and right. You also can't talk about the movie without talking about the celebrity casting because this was the first time anyone had done that en masse. Now, Robin Williams had already been the genie in Aladdin, but the rest of Aladdin is traditional voice actors. Well, Toy Story has
0: a lot of celebrities.
1: Toy Story has, has like, two or three big-name voices. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And even that is, you know, I, I think I don't remember... Them being in the marketing front and center of the film until Toy Story 2. Okay, fair enough. This is where, you know, the, I remember the Shrek advertisements that are Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz, John yeah. Lithgow. Like, yeah, that's, this
0: is who we got. Those and, are A list people,
1: yeah. And that's, this is absolutely where the animation trend, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. I have more thoughts about Shrek than, than maybe, I don't know if it's all <laughs> just pent up energy or what, but. <laughs> There is a before Shrek in Western animation and after Shrek. That's true. Both commercially and artistically. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the commercial side of that is now you have big name actors in every animated feature. Mm-hmm. You have to sell people on yeah. the idea of, here's Jesse Eisenberg as a talking parrot. Like, it's... Yeah. it's right. You can't do it by itself anymore. It's not just about the animation. You have right. to have the celebrities with it. Right. Uh, the celebrities want to do it because it's an easy paycheck. The studios like it because it puts a big name on the poster. Yeah. And... That's, I really think that starts with Shrek, not with Aladdin and not with Toy Story. I think that's Shrek. Okay. Um, because it's, it's, it's just certainly where I've, I first remember that, and, and it's the formula that DreamWorks continues to follow, and it takes Pixar a, l- a little time to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. You know? They don't immediately mm-hmm. jump into that either. Mm-hmm. So, I, I but, but moving on from the voice actor stuff, I think that, like I said, the animation holds up really well. And the principal storytelling, obviously, which is what we most focus in on on our podcast, is sound. These concepts are, I mean, they're playing with Disney's characters that Disney has kind of trod on, but really, I mean, Disney itself is taken from
0: the Grim Fairy Tales. This is all, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of deep. European folklore oh, stuff. Yeah, and I knew that even growing up. You know yeah, the yeah. fact that Disney tries to claim Pinocchio is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. They, they did a version of Pinocchio. Good for them. Yeah. But this is deep cultural stuff. Hercules, a trademark of the Disney corporation. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Anyway.
1: <laughs> but it's and and the movie just set itself apart in in just about every way you can imagine. It's almost as if they looked at what Disney had done and what Disney was doing and just said whatever it is. Flip it. Handsome protagonist, ugly protagonist. Right. Cute talking side, sidekick animal, ugly talking sidekick. Here. I mean, Eddie Murphy. We could go down a whole rabbit hole just talking about where this fits
0: in Eddie Murphy's career. Well, that's my second take, which I think is much Oh, okay,
1: so this more will probably better. feed into what, what you're going to say here, yeah. but I'll I'll start off by saying, like, Eddie Murphy's already done the animated talking wacky sidekick thing. Yes. He's already been the dragon Mushu in He's, Mulan. Mushu. And then he shows up here as a talking donkey. I mean, look, the implications are heavy here. I mean, hes he is, we are now as far away from delirious Eddie Murphy as you possibly yeah, can get. You right. know, donkey is just making jokes about making waffles, you know? And yet somehow it's still him. Like, it's still Eddie Murphy. Like, it's still, I still, this is probably where my generation you know, that and Mulan is where my generation discovers Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. This is where he says, okay, I'm going to continue to be a, a cultural force, but not for the audience I had in the 80s, which wanted to see me in the, the red jumpsuit and the, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. This is... <laughs> Apparently he has a monopoly on animated films for like the next 20 years. He just like locks it down between all the Shrek sequels and whatnot. So. But you have a point about Mulan
0: and Shrek. Well, my hot take is, yeah, I know the Waffles line is beloved by your generation, but um, is it that funny? I actually don't think Eddie Murphy's funny in this movie. (laughs) Like Donkey and Shrek? Donkey serves a very important storytelling purpose, right? He is the one who's constantly needling Shrek, who wants to be left alone in the swamp. Without Donkey, Shrek, Shrek doesn't do anything. So he's a very important part of just driving the story forward. And, yeah, there's some touchy-feely stuff near the end when they almost have delivered the princess to the castle, you know, and, and Donkey figures out what's going on. But, you know, he's a funny actor. That That's what Eddie Murphy does. And I love him as Mushu. He's funny as the dragon in Mulan. But I, when we watched Shrek again, I was like, Dog, he's not actually that funny. He's annoying, uh, <laughs> and that's the important role he plays in the story. But he's not that funny. I think he's funny. I think. Why he's, is he funny?
1: He's the bard. That's his role. His role is to, to, uh, just kind of enunciate the the central tale itself. His role is yes. Is, he's, he's he's Basil
0: exposition, which does not necessarily mean
1: funny. Oh, I think he's funny. He he, if he doesn't exist. Shrek has nobody to play off of. Shrek has nobody to terrorize. You know, maybe yeah. the jokes that Donkey himself tells are not funny. Maybe. But then the jokes that you laugh at that Shrek says have no
0: audience and are directed at nobody yes. for nothing. Right. Understood. And, and, and I think... It's My thesis is you could have another actor say the exact same lines that Donkey says. Okay. Who? Well, anybody. You can have anybody uh, say those lines. They're not that funny. And then you get the humor from Shrek. Okay. I absolutely agree. So, Michael Byne as Donkey. Yeah! What? Well, I'm he'd not. have to be annoying. I don't, I'm not sure that Michael is annoying enough. I, man, I, <laughs> it just doesn't
1: cross that threshold into, like, where I, myself, as a watcher, am annoyed. Like, I think Shrek is annoyed, and that's kind of funny, and then Shrek reacts, and then that's funny. And, uh-huh. and I, I'm willing to go along with the movie just straight up saying, hey, here's an annoying sidekick, and mm-hmm. we're just going to make him abrasive and... and I think, I am too. Certainly, as the sequels roll on, Donkey most definitely starts to kind of strain crudality. But yeah, well, I think in the first one, I think he really has a, a purpose. And I, 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 I agree.
0: Don't. His purpose is to be annoying, but that's yeah. not funny. But I'm saying it doesn't cross
1: the line into annoying <laughs> me person. It's so there's there's two there's two kinds of heat. There's good heat, and then there's go away heat. And yeah. he doesn't have go away heat with me. He's got good heat. It's like, oh man, I find him annoying. I can't wait for Shrek to say something funny about it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I I, am not annoyed into turning off the television. Yeah. There we go. That's what I'm trying to differentiate yeah, yeah. between. Okay. So, but, uh, obviously, Shrek himself, played by Mike Myers. Mike Myers, at this point, is too uh, Austin Powers deep. Yep. Yeah. Look forward to that podcast, by yeah.
0: the way. We've got, yeah. we've got that coming out. He's at the peak of his uh, box office draw, Yeah. yeah. actually. Um, and, and you know what? I like the stuff that Farley did, but I'm not a huge Chris Farley fan. And I'm really glad that Mike Myers did this role. I'm glad that it's Myers. Yeah. I mean, the question is is he just doing Fat Bastard?
1: <laughs> I think the answer is. Largely. I, <laughs> yeah. He's, it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> uh, Cameron Diaz is great, but Cameron Diaz is definitely just playing Cameron Diaz here. Yeah, they talked about a lot of different actresses for that. I'm trying to remember... Well, and the fact that they cast the net that wide kind of tells you that, you know, they could pretty much just...
0: Well, but but when you cast Cameron, who was also kind of at the peak of her sort of box office... dresses post-first Charlie's Angels, baby! Right, right. So she's like maximum sexiness. And the fact that you cast her voice as, you know, this character that starts out one way and then there's a big reveal... Uh, the fact that you cast Cameron really is a big part of your thesis statement. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So? Because the audience knows very well who Cameron is. This feeds into your point about the the uh, celebrity casting, right? The casting helps tell the story on the That's screen. Fair. I didn't think about that. Casting no. is important. We we agree on that. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's Cameron, man, <laughs> that really kind of loads the, the weapon. Well, it makes, I, I here's something
1: I didn't consider. It makes it even, even in the world of animation it makes it more credible when she like kicks all those guys asses it's like okay I've seen Cameron Diaz do action movie <laughs> stuff before right, right, and here right. she is doing Matrix moves right. whipping you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin Hood's ass who has a French accent for some <laughs> he's reason he's not Robin Hood he's, it's he's totally Robin bizarre.
0: of France I don't know why they chose to do that there must have been some sort of IP or or you know maybe they were like no you can't copyright Robin Hood yours is a fox and ours is French like yeah, that was just weird. It's that, bizarre. I don't like that. Because I like the Robin Hood story. I love the Disney Robin Hood. And Robin Hood is always set in England. You can't tell Robin Hood in another country. Right. So it's Weird. It's very weird. Yeah, but I feel like we're listing a lot of things that we don't like about the movie, but we really like Shrek overall. Well,
1: I, I do,
0: I do. I mean, we could spend a long time talking about what we like about it. Yeah. Um, Actually, you know what? Actually, I will get one more grievance out of the way. before we, <laughs> be like,
1: I really love Shrek. I really don't have a problem with donkey. I think I think a lot of this has aged really well. but something that has aged like milk is the soundtrack. The soundtrack <laughs> with, the excep- with the exception of the Smash Mouth tracks which have looped back around to being classics, and of course, Bad, uh, bad Reputation by John Jett is, is Stone Cold Classic. There's no
0: problem. Yeah, yet. you'll never get rid of it. But that. there's
1: like a song by the Eels in here. Like, it's oh my God, shut yeah. up.
0: <laughs> What's funny about the Smash Mouth song, if you read the trivia on IMDb, is that was just a placeholder. Oh my they were going to get something else, and it turned out to be this winner. It gets worse in the second movie. They have Counting <laughs> Crows in the
1: second movie, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the only kind of I feel like it emerges from the swamp of the nineties. Yes, that's right. except for the soundtrack. The soundtrack is the only part that's still sticking to the bottom of the shoe. It's yeah. like, oh my god, you got two different Smash Mouth songs on here. Right. Really? Like right. it's just talk about strange crudality, really. It's 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 that that stuff, the the music stuff can get really Painful. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, to go back to your donkey point, I will say, him, I do find him singing On the Road Again really funny, because I just don't think of Eddie Murphy as a donkey singing On the Road Again as as like something any human would ever come up with, and then when he starts doing it, I'm always just kind of like, wow, okay, yeah. all right.
0: Uh, hey, I'm willing to take slings and arrows on this, uh, because furthering my point, I actually didn't find that that funny. I think it's kind of an obvious joke. But at the end, over the credits, when he's singing the monkeys song, Right? I'm a believer. That has all kinds of energy. I just think that's hilarious. And I love his performance. I remember when Eddie Murphy was releasing songs to the top My girl wants to party all, time, party all the time. Party all the time. Yeah, I remember that. So uh, seeing him do the credits song that's rocking, I love that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very fine line. And uh, <laughs> I understand that I'm in the minority on this. But... I love Mike Myers, and I'll tell you what else I love. What else has held up really well because of the world we live in, and because of you, that whole sequence when they go into the castle for the first time, Farquhar's Castle, and they have the whole WWE sequence. Yeah, it's a whole wrestling match. Like
1: they must have been watching so much WWE in the '90s to like get reference for the show. Like it's hilarious to watch. It's now. a whole arena. They could do anything, and instead they limit themselves to this four x four. You know, just a tiny ring. And like he's like playing to the audience, he's doing like like the rocks, like like yeah, yeah let's go, like it's yeah. it's crazy, hilarious. it's so crazy. It's- Give him the chair, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. I mean, all set to bad bad reputation, and yeah. it's it's that's that's a movie where this, the 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 whole that's a scene where the movie all of the disparate pieces come together, it really gels and yeah. really yeah. creates something really special. It's intensely. Of its time, yet somehow it's just picking the elements that it needs and then carrying them forward. And you know, you've got the wrestling, you've got bad reputation, you've got donkey doing physical, you know, humor. You've got oh, yeah, right, right. Shrek. It's and and it's and there's even some symbolism in that Shrek shows up and it's a very pristine arena before he enters it, hmm. and then he makes it. Little he muddy. changes the environment yeah. to be muddy yeah. and swamp-like, yep. and he emerges the victor, and yep. he's you know beat up but he's won and all these nice groaning around in pain like it's it's he it's the thesis of the movie thesis of the movie and and in a great movie you get several scenes where they deliver you the thesis you don't just get like a speech at the end from the character it's right this is boom 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 the whole thing i love the reveal of the dragon i still yeah that still works castle scene is is very funny and i think having the dragon not speak Yes. in comparison to the donkey is what makes that work I if agree. it was a conversation whole energy has gone from the scene yeah yeah, no i agree but the fact that she is just literally batting these eyelashes at the donkey <laughs> yeah. that are s- several stories tall yeah and he's just like this little you know it's it's
0: absolutely <laughs> hilarious so it, we're at 27 minutes i love the fact that uh We've barely touched it. We barely touched well. We barely it. touched it. Other podcasts have let themselves expand to two hours, which I think is atrocious. Uh, and I really like us holding to thirty minutes. So I guess we won't talk about any of the body image or feminist issues involved with the princess. Okay, good time, to everybody. No, 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 no,
1: no.
0: I think we can do thirty-five on this one
1: because we did thirty-five. We did like five oh. minutes of an intro, the COVID
0: thing. Okay, it's really important. You know what they do with uh, Cameron Diaz's character, yes. Fiona? It's important. really, really important. Um, it's a beautiful go first. Word.
1: It's a beautiful message to anybody. It's a beautiful <laughs> message to anybody. This idea of, like, even just beyond physical appearance, beyond that, beyond that, just thinking that you have this destiny. Yes. Cameron Diaz is carrying that Disney idea of here is the fated prince and yes. she's the princess and
0: this idea of destiny where Shrek just... I, I Brainwashing think, is too strong a word, but she's conditioned. She's conditioned. The way a whole bunch of us have been conditioned by yeah. this whole princess fairy tale Disney thing. Yeah, like it, it's something is destiny. You'll fall
1: in love, blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, you have this mental image in your head of, you know, what it's gonna be like when you meet the person you fall in love with or, or what yeah. your wedding's gonna look like. And and she yeah. has all these preconceptions.
0: Yes. Would be a word. That it has to be Farquhar. Right? It yeah. can't be Shrek. Yeah. It has to be the guy who's in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been conditioned too. I love you know, The Princess Bride. I actually read the novel, which is fantastic. I ate it up. I still love it. Same with Say Anything. I was conditioned like anybody. This is, this is irrespective of uh, gender. I think your generation and the Zoomers are fighting against this very hard, and I love that. And Shrek is a signpost in this fight. Yeah because it's not just the fairy tale that others are putting on you although that's a big problem but we have internalized this mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. and shrek shows you that fiona has internalized it yep and and
1: just her when when it's revealed that the the love's true form as mm-hmm. as the prophecy says is not what she expected it's mm-hmm. not what shrek even shrek doesn't expect that she's no. going to turn into an ogre. Nope. And just to kind of get that reveal and to say, you know, this is this is who I am. This is what the future is going to look like. And and you know, we all obviously over the past year and a half have had hopes dashed, yeah. plans canceled, yeah. Yeah. events postponed. Yeah relationships day. rise and fall indeed but you always have to be
0: satisfied with who you are when your head hits the pillow correct by yourself mm-hmm. without any external mm-hmm. input mm-hmm. yes that's right
1: yeah that's right love thyself before you can love others and and that's probably the most powerful message that any piece of media could possibly send right it's 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 up there with uh, accepting others you know, no matter their differences, it's, right, it's right. in terms of universal, you know, it, it is a universally agreed upon moral and value. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you have to, you have to, if you want to be able to take care of your community, you have to also take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I think part of what makes Shrek so beautiful is that it really does stick the landing the third act really is even the silly musical montage which you could just write off as a victory lap it's very important because it shows that shrek has let all these characters creatures come back into his swamp yes that's right it's you could it's the community you could flood the ending by having it just be him and fiona walk off into his shack and close the door and that could be the end and that would fail yeah but because they have this musical montage and All the creatures are there, including Mm -hmm. the dragons, including the mice. Everyone who's ever bothered him is
0: there. Yeah, yeah. This connection with her has opened him up. Yes. And that is beautiful. That's poetic cinema, baby. Yeah, it's great stuff. And, of course, you know, the parallel to that is donkey and the dragon yeah right that's that's a pairing that's not supposed to happen so it happens twice in that third act and what i love about the third act is you know in the big climactic fight in the church you know the the dragon just eats lord farquhar yes it happens in like 10 seconds and then like that's over yeah he doesn't come back he doesn't rise from being beaten once or twice you know it's not this extended fight scene it's like oh he's gone
1: Though there is a Shrek ride at Universal Studios where the ghost of Lord Farquaad haunts Shrek. Oh, man. So at some point, we will cover (laughs) Shrek 2 as well, because I think shrek 2 is to comedy sequels as empire strikes back is yes. to dramatic sequels. Uh, i think it actually
0: gets better i think we're going to face this issue when we talk about the austin powers trilogy yeah baby yeah sometimes that opening thesis the first movie is not the best version of the thesis it, yeah. things get better yep and shrek one again we've had some negative things to say about this
1: podcast make no mistake this is absolutely a thumbs up keep it in the canon or put it in the can if you don't think it's there because of the memes. If you think this is a disposable piece of pop entertainment, no, no, it's this yeah. is absolutely a masterwork, absolutely worth revisiting and passing on to future generations and letting them experience the magic of Shrek pulling out a piece of earwax so large <laughs> he can use it as a candle.
0: Yeah, I I don't care if you or your generation shares with your children Shrek one or Shrek two. I think either one works, but it should be shared with yes. the next generation. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: and and
0: Along with the Princess Bride.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all walks hand in hand. It all walks together. But, folks, it has been an absolute pleasure to do this again and to put this out into the world for you to enjoy. I'm Samuel. I'm Bentley. And this has been the review
0: Podcast. Hey, we stuck the landing. We did stick the landing. See you next time, folks.